105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game game day. We're back here live on the Roar of the Press Box with Brad and Tom. Thanks for joining us. Hour two. Getting started right now. 654 Roar. You want to get in with us? Last night on the hardwood, Clemson 77, Miami 60. Brad Brownell and the Tigers uh, pick up their third consecutive win and continue to work their way up the ACC standings after that brutal January run where they lost, what, four of four or five. Uh, they've really started to put it together now after beating North Carolina last week, Syracuse on Saturday, and now another midweek victory over Miami, who they uh, avenged the loss to earlier in the season. Clemson 7-6 and six now, and they are uh, one, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, four, fifth. They're basically tied for fifth. In the ACC right now, there's Pitt, NC State, who comes to town this weekend, Florida State, all seven and six with the Tigers. Uh, but Clemson now three in a row, turning some things around here. I told you they were going to get hot, John. Did I not tell you that the Tigers were about to go on a on a winning streak? You're about three weeks too late, but yeah, never wrong. Just a little bit late. Just a little bit late. What about never wrong? <laughs> Bit of a stretch there. We will. Oh, I was not wrong last night. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, I nailed all three games. I told you to take. Okay, Gervonta and I were wrong about one game. Jeez. Mm, hold on. We'll get to it. Uh, I thought Clemson would cover the the uh, seven last night. They did that with ease, but it wasn't easy when you look back on it. Two significant scoring droughts in this game for Clemson. Uh, one of those came at the end of the first half. They were up 31 to 24 with about 356 to go in the half and didn't score again until the 1746 mark of the second half when Shefflin got a dunk. And then after that, they went into another prolonged uh, slump. And um, in, in the, well, it wasn't nearly as long in the second half, but they did find themselves down again uh, to Miami. And it was about 54 51 with 847. Uh, to play, and then Clemson was able to absolutely catch fire down the stretch. John, just some numbers on what Clemson did at the end of the game. 12-0 run over the last uh, three and a half minutes of the game. The last field goal for Miami came with uh, just a hair under four minutes left. When old Norchad got a bucket. They scored one free throw after that. And Miami missed. Uh, their last four shots and made just one of their last seven. And Clemson made eight of their last nine shots. I, did it not like an ocean at the end of the game? Like the final final oh, five really minutes, did, yeah. like every time, like you just you just assumed it was going in. Like every time somebody pulled up for Clemson, I was like, count it. They just if it was that kind of night at the end of the of the game there. Uh, but the Tigers really, really needed this when they. To me, it's very significant to get back on the winning side in the ACC, to get back into the more wins and losses column. Oh, I completely agree with you. I think from a mental standpoint, well, from a resume standpoint, like, uh, you name it, it, it really, really beneficial. Well, and especially with the opponents you have left. Yeah, run through that. 
You have uh, NC State at home on Saturday. Then you're at Georgia Tech. Florida State and Pitt back-to-back home games at Notre Dame. Syracuse at home and at Wake Forest. Okay. All teams you can beat, take yeah. care of business against. Should be. But you have afforded yourself with three in a row here that if you are to slip up in one of these games, it's not going to be incredibly detrimental to your your seating. Yeah. High volume three point shooting night last night. Clemson shot thirty three pointers, but they made thirteen of them. So forty three point three percent. That's higher than what Miami allows. Miami's a top fifty three point defense. So Clemson hit some good shots against them. Uh, I thought you know Chase Hunter was instrumental in that. Um, Jack Clark hit one. Uh, Gerard three of eleven. PJ hit a couple as well. So I think they made it look made it look. A lot better on the three-point line than than just the high volume number of thirty. Now Miami shot thirty-two and hit twelve. So they shot thirty-seven and a half percent. I I really thought Clemson's zone defense and then mixing like going zone to man, man to zone, and kind of switching it up even you know throughout the game really helped them out. They 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 had a much better game plan. And this is what I thought was going to happen. I said this yesterday: playing Miami a second time and having the experience of getting just bulldozed by their guards. I thought allowed Clemson the opportunity to regroup and figure out what went wrong and how to defend them much better. And I thought the staff did a good job of having a defensive game plan that was going to limit what Miami's guards were going to do. And they did, John. Poplar had 11. Pack had none. Nigel Pack didn't even score in this game. Not a single point. 0 for 7 from the field. Cleveland was 3 of 10 from the field. So they, I mean, Popper 4 of 11, Cleveland 3 of 10, and Paco for 7. That's a good defensive. Can, remember That's what they did to them. a great defensive performance, Brad. Popper didn't play last time, but remember what that group did. George lit them up last time, too. He had 13 points, 5 for 9, but I think they limited him in, in some of his looks. Anytime you have, you can get Nigel Pack to put a goose egg on the on the scoring column is a, uh, is a win. That's really good defense last night by Brad Brownell's team. They were prepared. I don't think they got down on themselves when the shots weren't falling and they had that stretch there in the first half, that futile stretch. They they bounced back from They believed in it because the ball was going into an ocean the rest of the game once they came out of that. And now it is time for arguably my favorite opponent to play in ACC play. You love some Wolfpack. I love when Clemson and NC State get together in the hardwood. You like beating I love beating them. And and <laughs> All right. I have known through my academic, you know, allegiances over the years, been very good at beating Kevin Keats. For those who don't know, he coached opposite of the legendary um Fletcher Eric when he coached at Hargrave when I was at Fork Union. <laughs> and we ran circles around him back oh, in the man. day. So This has a lot of meaning for you on Saturday. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, rank! I can't wait. Rank teams in the ACC you like to beat the most. And now it's different based on the sport. Oh, okay, all right. For basketball, state number one. Oh, combination of Duke, Carolina at two. Okay, so one A or one, and then two A, two B. Yes. All right. Is there anybody else in the in the ACC you like to beat in basketball? Uh, Virginia. Just due to living in the state of Virginia for several years okay. and knowing. A lot of Virginia basketball fans. I don't know as many Virginia football fans as I do Virginia basketball uh, fans. Before this year, you probably would have thrown Syracuse in there. Let's be honest. Eh. You didn't like beating Jimmy B whenever I you mean, got the chance? I mean, it was fun, but... 
Speaking of Jimmy B, uh, what, what what did he have to say about the I, game last night? I am night? glad you asked. We reached out to Coach earlier this morning, and we got a uh, comment from Coach. I thought Clemson really played well. Mm. They got off to a really good start. Yeah, I I, I agree, Coach Bayon. Appreciate the comment. <laughs> ACC Network basketball analyst Jim Beheim discussing the Clemson Tigers. Still making time for the press box. We appreciate his contribution to the show today. He's a regular. Uh, football, then. It's, it's, it's a different list than football? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't care about beating Duke, North Carolina in football? No. no. <laughs> are, are the packs still one? The, uh, are, no, Florida State. Okay. Yeah. In, in the league. Yeah, yeah. We're, this I mean, is South Carolina. No, no, beating no, no, South no, no, Carolina no, no, trumps no. everything. I know. Yeah. This is league only. Yeah. League only. It's not about being Georgia Tech in football still is fun. Really? I, I, Brad, mm. I, I happen to be a student at that, that one game in Tampa. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And so I still like to, I, you know, it still feels good to beat Georgia Tech in football, even though we've done it a ton as of late. I get it. I just, I don't know. Just to me, the luster has worn off a lot of the of that rivalry. But I, I, I appreciate seeing the, the win totals. Just, you know, how many times in a row it can happen. It's fun. Fair enough. But I cannot wait for Saturday night. Little John Coliseum. Mm. It's going to be a big game. Do you think we get a uh, man-on-man defense matchup between Jack Clark and Ben Middlebrooks? <laughs> so, yeah, is this uh, this is the that's what the game comes down to? The yeah. trade? Yeah, the trade. We, we, we will determine who won the trade on Saturday night. We'll come here on Monday morning and we'll... We, we do this in we baseball. We can finally grade the trade. We do this in baseball all the time. We do this in, in basketball. Not as much, not as many trades in football, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but this was an actual trade that occurred. A one for one, <laughs> one for one. Jack Clark left. There NC was State no player Clemson. to be named later that I'm aware of. In Middleburg. Well, we we don't know yet. We we don't know what the contract was. The portal. We have no idea. The that player could be named this year. We'll we'll certainly find out. But uh, should be a good game. 7:45 p.m. live from Little John on Saturday night. We'll be on the air at 7:15. Uh, yes. Does it worry you? That the NC State football team was four and zero on the CW this season. This game being played on the CW, but the basketball team has not been four and zero on the CW. Right? There's no way. There's no way no. The, the basketball team's undefeated on CW. I remember a game that I'm pretty sure they lost being on there. I think one of those. I think they lost a wake on the CW. Wasn't the game where the the double birds? Wasn't that on no, the CW? No, that was that was on the four letter oh. baby. That was <laughs> that was the national broadcast. Hey, the CW is a national broadcast. Careful. It's way more of a national outlet than... Sitting Jefferson Pilot. Or uh, Raycom. Sorry, it's now Raycom. Uh, we we had that careful, discussion. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, you, you can't you, talk about them right you, now. Are you afraid I'll get named in a, in a lawsuit yes, if I continue I this? <laughs> we'll get... <laughs> the press box ends up in a... In an ACC well, I mean, lawsuit you're, you're already in traffic court all the time. I don't oh, need us in another gosh, courtroom. gosh. Here we go again. Not yeah, your true. court docket is full. Not true. Well, I watched a lot of suits. I'm ready. In the net rankings, you're not going to represent me. You're not Matlock. Uh, in in the net rankings, Clemson Tigers jumped three spots up to 26. Remember when they remember they have a huge win, or or they would lose and they would they would jump up like four spots. But then you win and you drop five. Yeah, yeah. Or or you you don't even play and you drop three. <laughs> they get a win over Miami. Wasn't even a quad one win. And they move up three spots in the net rankings. Make it make sense. Uh, knocking on the door of the top 25. My son was asking me this. Uh, I'm going to bring my son's question to the conversation this morning. How about All that? right. 
He asked me this morning, based on where Clemson can finish in the ACC, what seeding, what seed line would they be would they be on? Because we were talking about, you know, can they if they win what was there seven games left? Yes. Could they go six and one during that stretch? Is that crazy to say six and one? No. I mean, thirteen and seven in the league. No. NC State, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pitt, Notre Dame, Syracuse, Wake Forest. I'm not saying they're going to go. That, that to me would be optimal. I'm not. I'm not going to say they run the table and go seven and zero. No, neither am I. But like, that's why I said earlier the fact that you've won three in a row here and you are now above five hundred in league play affords you the if you happen to slip up here, it's not going to be as detrimental as it would have been. Yeah, two it, weeks ago. It's probably not reasonable to put six and one on anybody. I'm, I'm not saying that it is. Uh, yeah, but I get what if, you mean. If they were to do that. Based on where they currently are right now in the net rankings and what their non-con and their resume and all that profiles out to be, what seeding line could they could they work themselves into a four seed? Yeah, maybe a decent run if they get a top four seed in the ACC tournament and they get that double buy. I think there's a legit chance because if they win one game in the in the conference tournament, they're in the what semifinals. So I think there'd be a decent chance that Clemson could end up in the. Um, you buy that could end up as a four seed. Yeah, I think there's a chance for sure. Is five or six line maybe more probably more more, realistic, uh, more obtainable? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think that there's there's certainly that opportunity to get to the four line. Yeah, we, we had a fun conversation about it this morning on the way to school. Could they could they get you know what what's seating like? He he cares he cares so much about the tournament and and the bracket. He's already he's already talking about when we're going to fill out our bracket and all this stuff. Oh, you know where you're going to fill it out is in person on March 18th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Mellow Motion in Clemson when we'll have the Roar March Madness show. Funny. Funny how that works Funny out. Funny how that works out. Good good lead there. Thank you. In, into that, and you you, you absolutely crushed it. Uh, in terms of uh, the ACC overall right now, again, I, I think Clemson can, I said this the other day, they can make a run at the top four and get the double bye. They're behind North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and Wake Forest. So they're right outside the top four right now, John. Based on everything that's happened in January, in the early part of February, and they're still sitting that close. Uh, They're only one game behind Wake Forest. So they're in good shape. I said this yesterday going into this game. They're in really good shape and coming out of it, very solid, very solid footing for Brad Brownell and the Tigers right now in terms of what they want to do, uh, big season, long-term, and and all of that. So good win last night for Clemson at home. They really needed a good win at home, too. <laughs> Just for the psyche of the team and the fan base and everybody else, I think they really needed it. When we come back, we'll talk about the other Tigers and what happened on the Plains yesterday. And John's got to eat some bird. Which kind? I'll tell you after this. Don't go anywhere. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Your home is your most valuable asset. When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local, experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. 
To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. It's moving day, and Tiger Moving Company is here to help. Skip the headache. Hire the professionals with the right tools for your move. They're a clean-cut and reliable team, pack and assemble furniture seamlessly. So all you have to do is make yourself at home. To top this all off, they even start and stop the clock at your house, charging you a flat hourly rate. No rounding up. Call today at 908-9028 or email tigermoving at gmail.com to make your next move with Tiger Moving Company. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, See for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here letting you know if you want to stay on time during the regular and postseason, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota. With Liberty Mutual, you can customize and save hundreds on your car insurance. But what to buy with those savings? Yep, I bought a sound effects machine. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Savings may vary underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates excludes Massachusetts. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Breathe easier with Zero Res Air Duct Cleaning. It's the only company I trust to get my home insanely clean. Right now, mention me, Mickey Plowler, and The Roar, and you'll get $50 off your next air duct cleaning. Use promo code AIR50 when scheduling online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P dot slash sports. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on The Roar, the press box with Brad and John. Appreciate you getting in with us. 654 Roar. Talked about Clemson's win over Miami. How about the other Tigers? The Auburn variety. What they did to South Carolina last night uh, should be should be criminal. It's a war crime. <laughs> Forty point win. One hundred one sixty one was the final on the plains 
Uh, Auburn, uh, it's the biggest win they've ever had over a ranked team, biggest margin of victory over a ranked team. And for South Carolina, the biggest loss as a ranked team uh, in the history of the schools. So that uh, says a lot about how that game went. And this game was over seemingly the second it started. Uh, the defense for Auburn was ridiculous. Uh, they were creating numerous turnovers, took South Carolina out of their game you know, from the very start, frustrated them. There was several um, flagrants called in this one. Michi Johnson got in a little altercation with the guy. It wasn't really that big a deal. Thankfully, I mean, he was – I don't – I mean, you know, Michi got fouled in a way he didn't like. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he, he probably shouldn't have pushed the guy, and he got penalized for it. He got a flagrant. End of story. He's not a bad dude. Nothing nothing escalated. The score was so out of hand that, that all the players realized there was no reason to get involved in a – and, and escalate anything there. So I thought I thought it was well handled, honestly, by the the players on the court, the officials, the coaches. That was a total non-story. But what wasn't was the fact that this team, uh, Auburn, just absolutely lit South Carolina up uh, from the three-point line. Uh, well, two guys in particular, uh, Williams and Broom, combined for nine three-pointers. Uh, between the two guys in this game. They ended up hitting, I think, 12, I believe it was 12, 12 or 13 three-pointers. Uh, it was just a phenomenal offensive performance uh, from Auburn and and just as good on the defensive end. And for South Carolina, eh, it's a little blip. I mean, I, I don't I don't make too much of it. I'm not, not going to overdo it here when you lose. They, they got blown out by Alabama. They got blown out by Auburn. The thing is, Auburn does this to everyone. And this is why I could not believe that John took South Carolina straight up to pull off the upset last night. 11.5-point underdogs. You say you didn't want the points, you didn't need the points. You only saw victory for the Gamecocks. And and the problem with that thinking, I tried to warn you, John, I tried. But the problem with that thinking is Auburn is 13-0 and now at home, and they have won those games by a margin of 20 points. An average margin... Of 20 points per game. Every single home win has been by double digits. That's why I said, nah, Auburn's going to kill them. I just thought this was a bad matchup for South Carolina. Bad time to be catching Auburn. And I thought Bruce Pearl and company did what they do to a lot of people. That's why I'm not going to just also start downgrading South Carolina for losing by 40, but... You probably didn't like your pick, even though you did say there's no way this was going to come back to haunt you. There's no way. There's just no way. There's not a chance. No way it could help. It could it could hurt you in any way whatsoever. Well, I mean, this is unfortunately in, in this business. If you're a Clemson grad and you try to back the game, Cox said it's going to come back and unfortunately rear its ugly head. <laughs> Texture's pointing out several that uh, they lost by 67 points in the state of Alabama. Uh, the football team's probably done that before. In one game. <laughs> oh, man. What? I'm talking about combined in between the two teams. I'm sure they've done it in just one single outing. Uh, 101 to 61 was the final uh, last night on the Plains. Uh, that hurt South Carolina, obviously, in the in the standings. I'm just surprised that Clemson moved up in the net rankings with that type of a... Great point. Yeah, the, the, the few teams, only four teams have beaten South Carolina... That hurt uh, the you know the three I guess that had already won. Tennessee just annihilated Arkansas as predicted again. 
by me on this show yesterday. I, I, I nailed all three of these games. Who I nailed cares? all three of them. Arkansas is terrible. I nailed all three of these games. They're I said three not and eight in SEC play. They're twelve and twelve overall. This is not Arkansas of the last couple of years. Covered the spread. I told you. I said all three of these teams went big. Clemson, Auburn, and Tennessee all went big on Wednesday night. Fully predicted. I wasn't wrong. You're just trying to get everything out of Tennessee that you can right now because you know what's about to happen. I've only got two weeks left. I have to milk the cow. That is the balls. Man, I need to be careful with that joke. But I'm telling you, Tennessee looks good, man. They look so good. I know know Arkansas is bad this year. I know that. But they got a gear that they turned on in the second half that was phenomenal to watch. Just saying, just pointing it out, John. Just going through some scores here from a Wednesday night of college hoops. I watched a lot of basketball last night. Did you see what Maryland did? No. They they pulled a Clemson. They were down by like 10, and then they came back at one by 10 (laughs) against Iowa, who didn't hit a shot in the last like five minutes of the game. They couldn't score. Was Caitlin Clark playing? Oh. Well, then I'm not watching Iowa basketball. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't, I don't. I really don't want to get anybody to start watching Big Ten basketball. But I, I did flip it over to watch a little bit. The crowd. Why, why would you get invested in Big Ten basketball now when none of them are going to be playing in a month? All the other games were blowouts, so I was trying to find something to watch. South Carolina was down by a gazillion to Auburn, and Arkansas couldn't couldn't score against Tennessee. So I was trying to find something to watch. But to, to my point that I was about to make, the crowd at Maryland – was so much of a letdown. Has there been another program that was hurt by conference realignment than Maryland basketball? I mean, I look at both Maryland football and basketball. No one goes to either. But basketball was all... That's a basketball school. Oh, definitely. Definitely it is. Lefty Drizel, Gary Williams. Yeah, they don't care anymore. The history. They don't care. Lynn Bias... Joe Smith. I mean, this is a historic program in the in the World College, and no one goes anymore. There was no one there. It was a sea of empty seats. There were literally no one in the end zones of the of the court. Not a soul. And I'm sitting there going, man, this is what Maryland basketball is now? Has has there been uh, it was an open question. Give me a program that's been hurt as much. I'm sure there's been some that you know, as much, maybe more, I don't know. By by realignment, the Maryland basketball. Give me another historic program that, when it switched leagues, fell off the complete face of the earth and has no interest from the fan base. Or, or I think we're about to see it with UCLA athletics. Yeah, we might be. Ed is up next on the phone lines. Hey, Ed, how are you? I'm well, Brad. Uh, I heard you say Clemson ended on a 12-0 run. If I'm not mistaken, weren't we down 57 to 53 and actually ended on a 24 to 3 run? I can look that up for you. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember the exact numbers. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't do the math. Uh, we don't do math on this show. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, you said the score was what again? It was 57 to 53. We hit a three, and I think that made it a 24 to 3 run when it was said and done. It was 57, yeah, 57 57. And then Chase Hunter hit that clutch three that I was talking about earlier. And after that, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Miami did not score but three. You're right. Miami not scored but three points the rest of the way. Yeah. 
in, in Clemson. You know, this team is built. I think they're going to. I think they're. I would almost. I don't want to do team. This team's very capable of winning the ACC tournament. People talking about, you know, winning the first one and getting to the semis. Hell, this team has beaten North Carolina all right. Should have beaten Duke. Even had a shot against Virginia. Um, why can't this team win this ACC tournament? You know, Ed, I, I'm starting to come around to that thinking and I know everybody's gonna start texting in about the historical marks and it's never been done by Clemson and blah 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 but just from an uh that, that doesn't take away the fact that the ability to do it this particular team I I'm starting to think they can I mean I I don't know in January I was gonna feel that way with what happened but as they're sort of rounding back into form from their November and December start uh why not why not because I I think you make some good points well, I mean, when I was a senior at Clemson, my sixth year, <laughs> um, we actually won the conference regular season in 1990. I think that was the first time we'd done that. So now that it's 34 years later, it's time to do something new. That's all I got. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Good call today. Thanks for getting in. Ed, on that uh, Xavier Thomas plan, six John, years. Uh, John Hyde plan. <laughs> Ed and I both enjoyed year six at Clemson University. Who was in school longer, you or Xavier Thomas? Uh, equal. Who played more snaps? Xavier Thomas. Okay. Uh, I played zero snaps. Man, Spent a lot of hours in Death Valley, but I played zero snaps. Yeah, we, we established XT's career the other day. Mike and Anderson is up next. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. I uh, had, had a point to bring up uh, something you discussed in your previous segment. But since you you just mentioned uh, uh, Xavier Thomas, what, what are what are the projections for him in the uh, NFL draft? Is he like a, a late second round, mid second round, a late first round, or what? What, what are most people thinking about XT? Mm, uh, he's not that high. Uh, I would say, honestly, I hope he gets drafted. Mike, he's he's not going to be a first really? round. Yeah, he's not going to be a first day. Probably probably not going to be a second day guy. I I would say more more of a day three. Okay, okay. I would have thought he would have been higher based on some of his play this year. Would, would you agree that he uh, improved his draft stock by Absolutely. coming back this year? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think I think his but by, by coming back and playing this season and playing healthy and being disruptive. Uh, should get him an opportunity in the NFL. Had he left previously, I don't know that he gets as much of an opportunity, if that if that makes okay. sense. Okay, well, I, I did notice one, and I'm a, a Xavier Thomas fan, so I may be somewhat biased, but uh, I noticed this year uh, in his play, he did a lot of things that didn't show up in the box score, like a tackle, tackle for loss, knockdown pass, or whatever. But he created enough uh, confusion at the line of scrimmage, and he he just did things that don't show up in the box score. And uh, and I'm like I say, I'm an XT fan. I hope the guy uh, has a career in the NFL. But you guys were talking earlier about Sean Elliott uh, leaving Georgia State, and how upset we as fans we, we pretty much go ballistic when a player does it. But uh, not so much. You, you you don't hear much about a coach doing it. And you're right. You're absolutely right. But I read an article yesterday 
it was either in the Athletic or Yahoo Sports, I think. Pretty sure it was. And Mike Loxley is a you – know, well, you mentioned Maryland earlier, who's the head coach at Maryland, did an interview with some writer. And he was talking about the NIL, uh, the transfer portal, and all these things. And according to him, most coaches, when the season is over, for about two weeks after the season – you interview players, you have them in your office, you talk about this is what you need to do to improve your uh, draft stock or prospects for playing next year. You need to work on this, you need to work on that, uh, and, and pretty much that's it. And he said now it's become a thing. He was talking about he didn't know how much longer he would stay in coaching in college ranks. He literally said that because he said the, the two weeks after this past season – that he did doing interviews with players and such. It was all about the NIL. He he had a third string running back come to him and ask for a hundred thousand dollars more. This is a third string running back. Well, we know what a third string running back is, and the kid wanted a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars more next season, or he's probably going to enter the transfer portal. And he asked the kid, "Well, where am I going to get this hundred thousand dollars?" We have X amount of funds in our NIL collective to dole out to players, and it only goes so far. And according to him in the interview, most of the players now, this past season, who came into his office for postseason interviews, it was about the NIL, how much can I get, blah, blah, blah. And he talked about, you know, again, he he didn't know how much longer he could deal with that. And then he talked about a lot of coaches – would be leaving college because of it. But this, uh, the guy who wrote the article made all those points based on the uh, interview, but then he brought up the point, well, wait a minute, you got college coaches making four, five, ten, eleven million dollars a year. Uh, couldn't you go a little bit longer if you're making that kind of money? And uh, I just wanted to, just wanted to throw that out there and see if I could get your guys' comments on that. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you getting in. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough situation right now. Like, I don't know how to find the right middle ground for this. Yeah. This is such a just messy situation. And until we truly pay the players and we get contracts, like I don't know how we're going to be able to stop some of this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I talked about that earlier. That the apples to oranges comparison is the player contract or lack of versus the the coaching contract. At least there's a contract that has to be bought out, and- right? Right. And I think players are going to find that out when we go to a different revenue model at some point. Um, but but to Mike's point about Mike Loxley saying that my third string running backs demanding a hundred thousand dollar raise, I tell him there's the door, buddy. Well, haven't players, to a certain degree, always demanded something? Yes. We've all demanded stuff. Playing time. Yeah. uh, Pecking order. Preferential treatment. You know, that's a tale as old as time in sports. It's just now there's a financial number. There's a tag attached to it. I I think players have always wanted stuff. To think that they just 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 now, an 18, 19-year-old wants something just because everybody else is doing it. Now, all of a sudden, they want No, they've always wanted stuff. 
coach didn't care or didn't listen. So that's what may have changed. Yeah, now coaches have to listen and have to acknowledge it. Because if they don't, they're going to leave. He gone. Brad, before we go to the break, can I read you something that's positive in the world of college football? I don't know if such thing exists, so please. We're going to try. All right. And it's... This is from the official Twitter account from EA Sports College Football. Whoa, 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 whoa. They have updated the bio. Whoa. On the Twitter page. Okay. Boy, you're getting me excited. Coming this summer, full reveal in May. (gasps) We have a timeline. We have a timeline. The first one. So there's a reveal in May and then a summer launch. That is correct. How can you just set that up that way? Like you should have saved that for after the break. 654 Roar, more to come. Spring cleaning is always first thing on the to-do list this time of year, so don't forget yourself. Roosters is here to remind you how important it is to keep your hair and face fresh and clean this season. Roosters has a full menu of what you need for male grooming this spring to check that off of your list. Don't forget to set your next appointment with the professionals at Roosters on Pelham Road in Greenville by calling 884-8920. Gift cards are always available at Roosters. Give the gift that keeps on giving. Harbin Lumber Company has been helping build dreams since 1917, proudly serving our local communities for over 100 years for all your building material needs. With spring around the corner, now is the time to think about a new deck or deck remodel or screened porch. Have it completed so you can enjoy the great outdoors. Visit HarbinLumber.com or call us at 706-356-4300 and let us show how we can help with your vision. That's 706-356-4300. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle service or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from on-running, vans, UFOs, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente! And you get unlimited 5G data? $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan? At an amazing price? With no contracts? Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely! Uh, I mean... Totalmente! Find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. New year, new you. 
You've been thinking about it, I know, because I was there too. I thought about it for years, and then I did it, and within a few weeks, dropped some big pounds, and I never looked back. Any time to start is a good time, but now is a great time to start something good and new. With the holidays in the rearview mirror at the start of 2024, there's no better time than now, and only you can do it. Reach out to our friends, Dr. Ashley Lucas and her team at PhD Weight Loss. It all starts in the kitchen, and they'll get you dropping all your excess weight and keep it off for life. MyPhDWeightLoss.com Your flagship station for Clemson men's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on the Roar, the press box for Brad and John. Got Daniel Shirley coming up top of the next hour. You want to stay tuned for that. Our good friend from theathletic.com. We'll get his thoughts on what happened at Georgia State, where Sean Elliott is reportedly leaving his post as head coach right after the start of spring practice to go be the new tight ends coach and run game coordinator of South Carolina, which I think is. I mean, it's a great gift for South Carolina. There's no other way to say it. I've said it many times now. I think it's a good, very, very good hire. Uh, and I think for Elliott, you know, there are some advantages here, John. He's probably going to make a little bit more money than being the head coach because we talked about this. The, the pay for coordinators has now superseded what you can make as a head coach at the FBS group of five level. So you can make more money at a Power 5 school because of the influx of dollars going to SEC and Big Ten and, you know, a couple other schools as well. But there's the opportunity to make a lot more money. And he gets to be back at home where his where he's kept a, a house and his family and was not, you know, he was commuting. He was not, you know, moved his whole whole family over to, to Atlanta. So I, I get it. There's, there's some advantages sure. for both sides here. Totally. But what I want to be careful about wording this is, the, the other alternative reason, which is what you're going to hear over and over and over again, and we've been pushing back to some of this over the last couple of weeks because we're getting this all the time, and, and to feed off of what Mike just said, is the NIL era and the transfer portal, is it creating havoc and causing problems and, and putting coaches in harder positions? Does it make their job harder? Yes or no question? It does, yeah. There's more things you have to deal with. Correct. Does it mean that we're going to see such a large trend, like a, a huge number of coaches giving up their posts as head coaches because it's easier to go do this because of NIL and Transfer Portal? I don't know that we can just universally blanket that, and I think that's what's going on. And we said this the other day before Sean Elliott that it is an individual situational reasoning. Jeff Halfley left BC for different reasons than Sean Elliott left Georgia State. I want to read to you a tweet and then a, a response to the original tweet. All right. This is from Matt Barry of ESPN um, commenting on Sean Elliott's move to uh, South Carolina from Georgia State. Barry writes, spoke with Coach Elliott at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. He told me NIL challenges and player retention at Georgia State was going to get worse in this new era. Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. In response to this, Brian Floyd, a longtime college football writer, put coaches are just going to throw this out every time now because it allows them to avoid actually taking responsibility for their own actions. And again, it's why I have no problem with athletes being able to move freely. Dude bailed on his team during practice because he wanted to. 
Now, I, I'm going to be clear here. I'm not accusing Sean Elliott because we haven't heard his reasoning. So I'm, I'm not going to put his reasoning out there before he gives something. But this blanket idea that, oh, a coach left strictly because he hates NIL and transfer portal and it's too hard, he's clearly bailing on it. No, I don't, I, I don't think that's the case. But I think it's a very convenient thing for everyone to be able to just swoop right into Twitter and get your takes off about how this is ruining everything. Yes, we've created this narrative. And again, if you break down each individual situation, you can find a lot of reasons on why a guy left one job to go to another. It's not just, oh, it's an I.L. dress report. I can't handle it. It's ruining the game. It's pushing coaches out. It's a convenient response. And I'm not saying Elliot's doing that. I'm saying the point is you're going to hear coaches use that to set up reasons for We're not for even hearing the coaches say it directly. We're getting it from media people. Remember the Halfley quote? A source told Pete Thamel Oh, that's this. right. That's right. Like, we're not even getting the coaches directly saying it. They're having their agents feed it to people who work at the four-letter network, and they're putting the message out there. Yeah. Yeah, the agents are trying to save some face here for their clients. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's all this is. So the coach is not labeled as the villain. It's just, well, look what he has to do. Yeah, it's hard The landscape job. is so terrible. He, he, we put him in a situation where he has no other choice but to take this tight end coaching job. I think they're individual reasonings. I just I don't like the blanket idea. So just just keep that in mind as we go throughout the um, the course of this the rest of this coaching season. John, uh, the loop is open, so they got to fill a, a head coaching position. Does that occur within the next week? Probably, probably the next few days. I think they just go interim around here, at Georgia State. Well, I mean, hey, guess what? You know, practice started a couple days ago. Your spring game is on March 7th. I would advise you to have a coach here pretty quickly. And the transfer portal thing doesn't really matter right now because there's really nowhere to go, and you're already in spring ball. So You finish it out, finish your semester, and then enter the portal in the spring window. How many guys are just going to just halfway go through spring ball now? You know, just not. Probably all of them. How do you fight that? How do you fight that if you're the interim coach? How do you get them to be all in? And give everything in these spring practices. It's going to be sad because if you're if you're the interim coach and you walk out on that field, you're going to realize after a practice or two who's transferring and who wants to stick around. I, I guess that's the message you have to give, guys. Those of you who are sticking around, show me in practice. Those of you who are getting out of here and going out the door in, in April or May, tell me now. Show me show me on the practice field because that, that's where you're going to learn what their intentions are. I, I just I just don't like this. Again, good hire for South Carolina. This isn't a South Carolina thing. Not one bit. And all the very defensive South Carolina fans on the text line, we're not taking shots at you. Yeah. It's not happening. But this is a, I mean, this is a real issue for Georgia State that he's just up and left after spring practice has started. Yep. Moving on to another news story, John. We haven't touched on this yet. We just, we just haven't gotten here because we've been so consumed by other things uh, according to multiple reports um, defensive tackle for the Clemson Tigers Demonte Capehart was arrested last week for unlawful possession of a firearm on school property uh, Clemson Athletics has known about this for quite some time they've said in a statement uh, you know or since it happened uh, he's not participating in team activities and they're awaiting completion of all legal and here's the really key part of this quote university processes because it was on campus he faces university sanctions school sanctions just as much as, as he does the legal sanctions so I, I don't know what the future of Capehart is 
I just know currently right now he is suspended and not participating in any way with Clemson football and spring practice getting geared up here in a couple weeks. Is it is it figured out by then? Probably not. I have no idea, and I don't want to try to guess one way or another on a legal situation that I don't understand fully. Yeah. Well, in terms of like, you know, whether it be the university problems versus the actual legal system, I, I'm not sure how this works, but it's not a good thing. Yeah. According to reports, uh, he was pulled over and a gun was found in in the vehicle. Uh, it was in the trunk. It was not loaded and was not his, according to, to reports. But still, the, the, uh, the unlawfulness of this. Sure, yeah. No, there needs to be taken care of for you sure you cannot have a firearm on a campus you just can't do no. that can't have, i mean i'm gonna say you can't have them anywhere because of the country we live in but but okay. yeah, there's no reason to have there's just no reason for that yeah this is this is a big 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 deal because of of the reasonings hopefully you know this is figured out and and you know whatever occurs occurs in, in a reasonable amount of time but yeah, there's no reason for us to speculate on on his future right now. We can only tell you he's suspended for for this moment in time and with spring practice right around the corner, I don't know what his what his status will be moving forward. 654 Roar, um, you know, I, that being said, I don't want to speculate too much, but Clemson's got a lot of defensive tackles right now. I think K-Part was is in line to have a big season if he does indeed end up playing, but I do think that this is going to be you know, if he doesn't play much in spring or is involved or still suspended or whatever, it opens up the opportunity, I think, for other other players to step up and fill out some roles. So I know people want us to speculate on the football side of things. So without knowing anything that's going to happen legally, uh, we'll see what it means for spring ball when we get there. Six five four, Roar, you want to get in uh, with us on the phone lines or on the Adams & Co. roofing text line uh, john some other news while we're doing some news before we get to daniel we'll do some college football stuff in hour number three after daniel um 49ers fired steve wilkes their defensive coordinator just days after the super bowl an interesting decision by kyle shanahan here uh I- someone has to be the fall guy and it's not gonna be kyle it's not gonna be john lynch But I don't think that Steve Wilkes did a bad job in this game or did a bad job this season. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. He, he wasn't very good in the Super Bowl. Wasn't great in the Super Bowl, but I don't know. There is some fall guy stuff here. I That's the, the way I read it. Is it was someone has to answer to it because that has to distract from the we don't know overtime rules dialogue that's going on. Now, to be fair, according to the the reasoning for Shanahan is this just ended up ended up not being the right fit and that the defensive scheme they ran was not close to what they've run in the past according to Shanahan. If that's your reasoning, I I, I might can see that. I can. I hope it's not a scapegoat thing. But Shanahan's under a microscope like he has never ever ever been before. And we talked about this yesterday and there's I'm I'm actually genuinely surprised at some of the, um, I don't know the way that people are feeling bad for Shanahan or something a little bit here in the in this yeah he's th- catching a lot of sympathy out there and I'm not really sure as to why. I mean I think it's fair that if people 
applaud him and 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 give him all this praise about how great an offensive mind he is and what he can do for a football program. Why why can't we why can't we also say that he's done a poor job in some areas? Like it's it's perfectly fine to do that. I mean, what's the the expression? We praise and we criticize fairly. He has been told time and time again that he is the brightest, you know, the the greatest boy in the NFL, right? The the prodigal son and all this stuff. But yet you have been a part of three of the last eight losses in the Super Bowl. At some point, we have to point it back at you. And how many years has he been in San Francisco now? How many years has he and John Lynch been together now on that job? Like, at some point, there's got to be a little bit of accountability. But but isn't this some of the same people who who put him on the pedestal not wanting to take him down simply because they don't want to be wrong? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know we, we want to put guys on a pedestal and pull it out from underneath them all the time. But this feels like a lot of the NFL media not wanting to be like, okay, maybe I was... Maybe I was a little overboard with the amount of love. Oh I gave no, Shanahan. that never happens, Brad. We never just try to stick to our takes just to eventually prove that we're right. Yeah, he's been there since seventeen, and he has received well, an enormous amount of well. And think of like all the excuses praise. that that is one of those NFL franchises that always seems to have a reason for something. It didn't go their way even before it happens. I mean, they were given reasons, but why things were not fair for them for the Super Bowl at Media Day. There's always a reason. Texter asked, you remember 28 to 3? Well, yeah, but I also remember the amount of media who just seemed to gloss over that, too. And just act like if you've been around Kyle Shanahan, you're the most horrible coach in America. You know, this is he, he gets Sean McVay love all the time. He's failed in big game after big game, John. The Super Bowl, the yes. biggest of games, bigger than any game that you could coach in. And he's failed. Some of that, his own doing. Some of that, probably not his own doing, right? Some of it's out of your control. You're a coach. You can't control every single thing that happens. But I just, I don't understand this sympathy card that people are pulling out for Shannon. He's well compensated. He's been, we've been, he's been shoved down our throats that he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Well, and I mean, and he's having some failure. So I'm sorry, but I, well, it's, it's not fair like game. this guy's had the toughest road to get to where he is, too. I mean, we've seen it in the league before. A little bit, a little bit, a, you know, hit the nepotism path. Doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt that his last name was Shanahan. I think he's a good coach, sure. But I do think people have gone too far with the amount of praise that they put on him. And without the lack of, I guess, accountability. Well, and, and my, my thing is, too, if you're going to tell us how good he is, my expectation for him goes through the roof. And if you don't win the Super Bowl, I'm going to be critical. If you don't win it multiple times, I'm going to be critical. We would do this with any coach, would we not? Yes. We do this all the time with with coaches. Why, why is Shanahan different? That's what I can't figure out. I just think I still think it's the ones who've been pushing the narrative that he's this great, great coach, and they cannot be wrong on him. Simply can't do that. Can't. Mm-mm. Speaking of the 49ers. Aw. Let's ask Daniel Shirley. <laughs> He feels that was coming mean. out of the Super Bowl. What? I'm just, I mean, what, we're, going to, we're just going to gloss over that? We're going to skip the oh, I never said Super gloss Bowl over segment? It, but, uh, I mean, we're going to transition in the man's misery. That's, no, that's our transition point there. No, the only misery I, I will feed into with Daniel Shirley is when the Phillies lose. Because I hate the Phillies. Now that tracks. But I don't, 
I don't hate the 49ers, so I'll I'll be kind to Daniel, I promise. John trying to build a sympathetic figure out of Daniel Shirley. We'll talk to our guests coming up here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere on the roar. Be right back after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cal.